Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic. We're your hosts, musician and filmmaker Marissa Novelli. And music web designer Ross Barber. Joining us today is Chris Keaton, an artist manager, music publisher, and author based in Nashville. Chris has had tracks cut by Trisha Yearwood and Martina McBride, and has had music placed in TV shows such as Nashville and One Life to Live. With over 30 years in the music business, we're looking forward to learning more about Chris's journey and what advice he would offer to artists and aspiring industry professionals. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here, guys. Awesome. Cool. So we like to start our interviews off kind of awkward uh, by asking you to tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Okay. Um, so this can be absolutely anything. So go as crazy as you like. All right. I look fabulous. <laughs> I'm extremely humble. And uh, did I mention that I look fabulous? Uh, you know what? I, I noticed that. Well, we thank you. Call. Thank you so, very much. You know, I'm glad that you pointed that out. <laughs> well, no, truthfully, the third thing that I would say is that I am an exceptionally lucky guy because I get to make my living doing something I love, which is being around music and creatives. So it's just great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. thank you. That's awesome. Cool. So I'd like to go back a little bit and, um, and find out a little bit about how you got started in the music industry. And if you can maybe tell us a couple of the biggest lessons you've learned along the way. Sure. Um, I really, the, the starting point was really easy to point out. February 9th, 1964, when the Beatles played Ed Sullivan, I was sitting in my grandmother's living room watching that TV show. And from that point on, my, my life plan and career path was to be a rock star. Well, I did okay. I had a really wonderful time through my teens and 20s and early 30s, but then kind of aged out and had to sort of figure out what to do next, which was becoming a record producer, which I did that for a few years, and then a jingle producer, and then ultimately moved to Nashville actually doing that. When I got to Nashville, I looked around, and here's a really good lesson that I learned. I looked around, and I saw the guys that had the nicest houses, nicest cars, and year-round tans were music publishers, and I was like, i got to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I still haven't figured it out, but that's sort of what I've been doing since I got to Nashville, that and managing artists. Um, as far as the lesson I've learned, I really have to throw this one out. I was fortunate enough for about a 10-year period to be a business partner with Bill O'Coin. Bill managed KISS from day one until oh, wow. the early 80s. Also managed Billy Idol, Billy Squire, and had a, a, a tremendous effect on a lot of people's lives during his lifetime. He passed away a few years back. In fact, uh, this week we're celebrating the anniversary of his death, but he always taught me that when you walk into a room you need to either be the center of attention or the second best dressed guy in the room. He said, because 
He said, because most of the guys in the music business don't give a hoot about the way they look. And if you walk in looking good and being confident, suddenly people think you know what you're doing. Wow. Mm. There it is. That's, a, that's really unique advice. It's worked for me so far. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know what you're doing. But it's well, just the, it's, but the, there are a few people that know what they're doing, right? So how do you stand out amongst them? Well, that's true. Yeah. And I think part of it, you know, part of it is the, the presentation. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, that's like everything, isn't it? It is. I mean, you're exactly right. It, yeah. and, and impressions are all that we have to leave. You know, and and we can't always we can't always regulate the way that people are going to perceive us. But if we try to put our best foot forward, that's really all we can do, right? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the kind of thing I always tell artists who who come to me for a website, or or artists who argue that they don't need a website. It's like, well, <laughs> you need something that's going to present yourself in the best possible way, and you need to look professional, you need to act professional, and. Uh, as a web designer my suggestion is have a good looking website because that's the first impression you're going to make online um, the majority of the time oh I agree it makes me think I I read Marilyn Manson's book years and years ago and it's really funny because behind all the you know theatrics and everything he said basically how he got noticed was to appear successful he appeared successful before he was anyone and he would do a lot of um uh, visualization too. He would imagine where he wanted to play, how many people he wanted to be. He would imagine the sounds and everything. There's something to be said about that. And yeah, he dressed the part. He, you know, he was the guy before he was the guy. You know? Oh, listen, yeah, and and I totally agree with that. And and actually, one of my heroes in the business, not just music business, but entertainment business, Jerry Weintraub, always said that the way that he was successful was he never took no for an answer. He'd never heard it when anybody said no. If somebody said no, he heard maybe. And if they said maybe, he heard yes. <laughs> I love it. So, you know, I mean, the reality is we're all only going to be here for a short period of time. And we might as well try to act successful and be happy and look on the bright side as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you recently launched an imprint label. Yes, it's been just a little while ago, but my friend Lee Lessack, who's based in Los Angeles, has a label called LML Music, and it's basically a cabaret Broadway singer label. He's got people like Kathy Lee Gifford. He he and I did a project with Leia Salonga. She was the original lead in Miss Saigon. She's been in Les Mis, and she's opening this fall in George Takei's new show, Allegiance. Oh, Um, way. Yeah, and it's 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 an it's going to be an amazing show. And the great thing is, it's going to bring Leia back to the forefront. And actually, we're hoping to do another album. But the imprint that Lee and I put together was LML Music Nashville, and we've put a couple of country artists through there. And now we're actually looking at a couple of singer songwriters that we may put in that program as well. It's sort of a boutique label, and it's geared around artists who are touring because these days about the only place that CDs get sold anymore are at a live venue. Absolutely. So what we basically are is sort of a one-stop. They, we, we warehouse all the, the product, and anytime they need it, we drop ship it to wherever they are. So it kind of works for everybody. Awesome. So what are the plans uh, going forward for that? I mean, um, can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the artists that you've 
that you're currently working with and maybe where you see things going in the next two, three, five years or so? Well, first off, you know, my crystal ball is broken. And, <laughs> and as far as like three to five years out, you know, you guys know because you have your finger on the pulse, you know, as much as the business is changing and as rapidly as it's changing, we just all have to kind of hang on because the landscape is, is the landscape is shifting underneath us, you know. But Absolutely. but the, as far as the people I'm working with and the things that I'm looking for, I'm looking for artists who are compelling, who are not just a great singer, songwriter, performer, but they're also a character larger than life. I'm working with a little girl from uh, Louisiana. Her name is Aubrey Lane. Uh, she's just turned 18 years old. She moved to Nashville in September of last year. Within two months, it signed a major publishing deal. Now we're courting a lot of record companies, and she's just larger than life. I'm also working with a new girl named Katie Bernard, who was on The Voice several years ago. Incredible talent, great singer, great work ethic, uh, and that's something else that I look for too. I would rather have somebody look at me and go, come on, let's go, instead of me looking at them and go, hey, come on, let's go do this. Um, I'm also working with a new artist named Justin Weatherby, a singer-songwriter. Uh, we're still sort of defining his whole image and trying to put that together. And then I have a country artist named Johnny Orr, O-R-R, who does very, very well. He's based in Raleigh, North Carolina, tours constantly, and uh, has a couple of songs at Country Radio. Cool. That's great. That's cool. And um, I remember reading in your uh, bio on your site that one of the writers you work with is hired to write the new state song for Virginia. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And then I then I found out that Virginia didn't even have a state song. Is it one of the only states that didn't have a song? Well, it it actually did have one, and it was carrying me back to old Virginia. But it it's was okay. Ross always gets information wrong. No, 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 no he, It's true. No, it he, is true. A, no he, he actually has it. He is actually semantically correct, but okay. I just want to fill in the blanks. Okay, sure, sure. We had one for a hundred or so years, but it was considered uh, racially derogatory. Mm. So in the late 80s, they suspended it and he started a search for a new song. Started, stopped it, started, stopped, started. Well, about 18 months ago, a friend of mine from Virginia contacted me and said, hey, they're starting to look for a state song again. And his friend was a, a professor at Virginia Tech University. His name was James Robertson. And he had an idea to take the melody of an old song, Shenandoah, and put new lyrics to it for the state of Virginia. And the question to me was, do you know any lyricist? Well, I have this marvelous lyricist based in New York City, Mike Greenlee. And I called him, and within two minutes, he was on board. Within a day, he was in touch with Professor Robertson. And within about a couple of weeks, they had a working program. Um, they did a demo of it. They did sheet music of it. Mike hired some singers to come and sing here in Richmond in the rotunda of the state capitol so that all the legislators could hear it and so that when it came down to the vote uh his his song won out they ended up actually having two state songs now went from having none ross to two <laughs> so they're making up for lost time the the song mike greenlee wrote is our it's called our great virginia and it's the traditional state song of virginia then there's a popular state song which was written by two contemporary writers uh, Steve Bassett and Robin Thompson, 
uh, called Sweet Virginia Breeze. So the state now has two songs, and uh, it was really a, a wonderful thing for Mike Greenlee and a great success story for me. And um, the reason I said that uh, here in Virginia, I, just, I happen to be in Richmond today, and uh, that's where I'm Skyping in from. Chris, I wanted to ask you, when do you feel an artist should be seeking out a manager? To me, it's very simple. <clears throat> when they get to the point of being overwhelmed with trying to run their business, when, when being a business person is inhibiting their artistic ability. And, and my classic example is you don't want to be on stage entertaining your audience and then all of a sudden go, oh my gosh, I forgot to call so-and-so this afternoon to, get, to set up that interview for tomorrow. That's the point you need a manager. Sound familiar, Russ? <laughs> it sounds pretty familiar. I mean, I think I need a, a manager and an assistant. <laughs> I was talking about me too, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you too. much our conversations. <laughs> well, we should talk, fellas, once there we, we get off the show. There we go. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about, um, we have a lot of artists on the show. We have a lot of musicians. And, you know, we always ask this question. Well, we don't always ask this question, but you know, I'd love to get your perspective on how you stay relevant in such a changing industry. Um, you know, over the years, it's always changing, particularly in the last 10 years, that last decade or so with social media and everything. How do you stay relevant? How do you stay on top of it? How do you stay in the game without kind of falling off into obscurity? Well, two main ways. I'm very active on social media, particularly Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I'm easing into Instagram a little bit more. But the reality of it is, is I have a 15-year-old daughter who's very in touch with what's going on musically. She introduces me to more music than anybody else these days. And so I'm really lucky with that. Uh, you, know, you, you retweeted something that your daughter posted, and I found it really funny. There is a, a quote from her mom saying... <laughs> I love the Fallout Boys. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Oh, listen. Well, yes, we, we were all at lunch yesterday, and my wife blurted that out, and I'm dying laughing. My daughter's laughing, and I look over, and she's already tweeting it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world we live in. Exactly. <laughs> and, of course, the, of course, the funny thing is that her mother is not on social media at all. She'll never even know. <laughs> if she watches this, then she oh, might. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-oh. You'll be in uh -oh. trouble. Busted. Okay, we'll cut that part out. <laughs> um, and I know you've done a few funny things to get meetings with people. Um, so I don't want to give anything away. I'm going to let okay. you take the stage and, uh, and fill us in on, on some of these things you've done. Well, uh, the one that really comes to mind, this was a long time ago when I was pitching myself as an artist and I actually could have used a manager during this point in my career but I was in Los Angeles and I'd taken about four meetings that day and, and as a lot of people on the show well know when you're in Los Angeles it's hard to take a lot of meetings because getting from here to there is is troublesome and the last meeting I had that day was at A&M Records and I got to the A&M lot and the guard at the lot was being just borderline belligerent with me and basically was saying you know well i don't have you down on the book i'm not sure you have a meeting and i told him i said I, I guarantee you i have a meeting it's been set up for a month he said well i don't see you on the list he said but if you'll give me your tape and this is how long ago that was uh he said if you'll give me your tape i'll be sure and hand it off to him and i said no i'll tell you what let me just do this i'll do us both a favor where's the trash can and he showed it to me and i just threw the tape in the trash can, spun around and started walking off. He comes jumping out of the, out of the, out of the, the little guardhouse and says, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, come on, come on, come on. And he got me right in. Now, 
it didn't really do me any good. Ultimately, the A&R person passed on the project, but it really makes for a funny story these days. So, I have a similar story. I, I, I traveled to New York a couple of years ago, and I actually just walked right into EMI. Um, it was EMI Publishing, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I just, I literally said, hey, I'm from Toronto. I'm not leaving until I get to talk to the president. And the president actually, it was at the end of the day, the president actually came out. He's like, what's going on here? Um, and, uh, you know, they told him what's going on. He can actually come over to me. He's like, hey, man, you know what? Come over tomorrow. Come by tomorrow this time and we'll talk. Again, nothing came out of that, but it was still the point to, to do yeah. that, right? Well, that's it. And it you was know, a great story. <laughs> and it, it, helps, it, it boosts your confidence to realize, what do you have to lose? That's exactly what right. And it, exactly. And, and it. And I think the key to it is, is that we all have to realize that everybody else in the business is just like us. They got the same fears and the same concerns and the same, you know, level of happiness. And, and maybe they're like me and they run every day on the same, you know, uh, the same amounts of fear and excitement to get them through the day. And, and, you know, all it takes is to get somebody's attention. Whatever it takes is, is good. It works. You know what? We, we, we started this show because we want to we want to help artists out there we want to <coughs> spread knowledge we want to bring uh, you know maybe some artists uh, to uh, to new listeners and listeners to new artists and and just spread the message but you know there is a bonus that we get to talk with people like yourselves and we get to talk to and we get to we get to meet people uh, you know on all different ends of the creative spectrum which is really great and it's kind of it's secondarily it's kind of net- networking for us which is kind of Awesome, but it's not networking. I hate that word because networking is so douchey. Yeah, networking yeah, is a business douchey. Yeah, yeah. We always call it business douchey, you know? Well, and, that's, well, and that's not our primary objective whatsoever. This, this is about doing the show, but I think it's so awesome that we get to do that as well. You know, we get to meet people and there's actually a reason that we're meeting people because this is just going along with what you're saying. It's hard to, uh, it's not even just hard to meet people. Uh, it's also awkward too. I mean, unless you have a reason to, you know, why are you sitting down with a particular someone? You know, that's that's true. And and you know, I mean, I understand your uh, reluctance to use the word networking, mm-hmm. but really, the truth of it is, or the hidden secret that we don't have to tell anyone else, but except the people who are listening right here, right now, shh, is this: <laughs> at the end of the day, the only thing you have is your network. That's I it. That you came close to the camera for that. That was like my favorite part of this interview. Well, then here, I'll do it again. Please do. It, listen, at the end of the day, the only thing you've got is your network. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. But I mean, it, 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 truly, I mean, yeah. we can have all the talent in the world, okay? But if nobody else knows about it, it's not doing anybody any good. It's kind of like a lot of songwriters who I talk to, and I go, and this was in one of my videos the other day that I titled, Do It. And it's like this. You know, I talked to this guy, and he says, yeah, you know, I got this demo, and I'm really going to start pitching. I'm like, that's really great. He says, but, you know, I got to wait till I get it mastered. I got to make sure. And I'm like, well, that's really great. He says, he says, but then I got to make sure that, you know, I got to go to my music attorney and make sure everything's in place. And I'm like, well, that's really cool. So when are you going to start pitching it? <laughs> And he says, well, I'm going to do it. And I said to him, I said, well, look, here's the way I feel about it. Fit into and getting ready to ain't doing it. If you're not doing it, you're not doing it. So I love it. You know, which goes back to the networking thing. I mean, here's the thing. I would hope that either one of you guys or anybody that's listening here would be 
brave enough or feel comfortable enough, and actually that's it, feel comfortable enough to reach out to me. Mm -hmm. I'm just another guy in the business. I mean, come on. You know, maybe I can help somebody. And if I can help somebody at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I think that's what Ross and I have learned from this. Um, reaching out to people, like people are just people. Yeah. You know, and on all ends of the spectrum, there's good and bad. You know, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say so black and white like that, but you know, that's, there's a lot of great people there on di- all different ends of the spectrum, you know, and I, you don't know until you do it. Yeah. I ultimately, agree. if you don't ask, you don't get. That's a, you know, yeah. that's something that I've definitely learned over the last couple of years is that, you know, be less afraid to ask. I mean, the worst thing that's going to happen is they ignore you. The second worst thing is they say no. Um, and yeah, you just don't know unless you try it. So That's right. But as, as I told you a minute ago, no means maybe. No, it does mean maybe, and that's something that I am going to. I'm going to update my vocabulary. Me too. Me too. And my dictionary Seriously. definition. Yeah. Um, so I'm too yeah. nice sometimes. I don't know about you, Ross. Like I'm too nice sometimes. If someone says no, oh, okay, thank you, sorry for bothering you. <laughs> my sister, because you're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> you're too polite. I am Canadian. Oh, well, sorry, sorry oh, for there you. But five seconds of your time. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because when I first started pitching songs, I heard no so many times that finally when somebody said. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take that. I went, oh, thank you very much. And I got up and got ready to leave. And I was like, whoa. He said yes. So. Yeah, I mean, the amount of rejection letters I know I've personally got, you know, over the years, it can, it can, it can one, destroy you or it can make you very thick-skinned. And sometimes a little bit of both. Oh, know? I agree. Um, and make you cynical, of course, too. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's so important to any artist listening right now to focus on just that one in a thousand yeses or even maybes yeah. and go yeah. with that, you know? I mean, well, there's lots of rejection letters that make the rounds, you know, like U2 and uh, yeah. I can't think oh, of any yeah, other ones I mean, right now, but so many big ones. Well, there's yeah. that guy, uh, Richard Rowe, who I guess the last job he had before he retired was at Sony. He was the guy who passed on the Beatles. Oh, God. And he would want to be that guy. He, he, would oh, open, no. he would open every one of his speeches with, yes, I'm that guy. So, you know, I mean, none of us know, really, you know, but, but, you know, Ross, to your point, I mean, the whole, if you don't ask, you know, you're never going to receive. And I mean, not to get like spiritual on anybody, but hey, that's biblical. I mean, ask, knock and receive. And that's the way that things work. And if you, if you don't do one of those two initial steps, you'll never receive anything. So I think it's important for artists to be able to take constructive criticism too. Obviously, take it all with a grain of salt, but still, like you still have to be able to look at yourself objectively, I think, you know? I agree, but I would also say that people like me who get pitched things and are perceived as experts or whatever, it should be incumbent upon us to be nice with our criticism, too. And the way that I always put it is just like this. If a songwriter comes to me and he sucks. It's not my job to tell him that he sucks. But if he does suck, it's not my job to continue to ask him to keep moving forward with it, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's true. You kind of have to walk a fine line. And a lot of times I'll just tell people, I'm not really sure I can help you right now in your career, but come back and see me. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, I've, I've actually had that years ago. And I'll tell you right now, that is so encouraging for an aspiring artist. Uh, I remember years ago, before I ever ever released anything, I, I had that, and that just stood out to me. Things like that, you know, keep going though. You know, you're you're on the right track, and that helps. 
well, and I think, for a young and, artist, you know? And I think that's key because, you know, my concern is that if I were to tell somebody something really negative and then they would quit the business, well, who's to say that if they'd stayed in the business that they wouldn't have written a song five years later that would have changed the world mm-hmm. or changed Absolutely. a lot of people's lives? Absolutely. And I would have been the guy that got them out. I don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, yeah rather, I'd rather admit to somebody later on, man, I was so wrong about you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. You don't want to crush their dreams. I mean, no. There's enough, don't know. there's enough people out there doing it for them. We oh, don't yeah. need to be in that. We don't need to be the boo birds like that. We need more people like you in the industry. Well, <laughs> speaking of which, you. speaking of which, what sort of advice would you give to not only aspiring musicians, but aspiring industry professionals? Um, that want to get to the level of success that you have attained? Be nice. Uh, be diligent. Um, and be present. Those three things, I think. I think they're really key to it. Because the being nice part is, look, any day now, like if I was at a record company or with the way that things are changing in the business, Hey, I, I could end up selling cars next week, and one of you guys could be coming in to buy a car from me. And if I was really nasty to you, <laughs> you wouldn't buy it from me. So, being nice is very important. Being diligent in knowing what's out there and and what's relevant in the business and what's good and what's not good is very important. And then being present. And what I mean by that is, we all have two ears and one mouth, and we should use them accordingly. And I think that we should listen more than we talk. And a lot of people don't. So, Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> it's really good advice. <laughs> Thank you. Are you ready for 20 questions? Bring them. <laughs> I love your... Let me get a sip of water first, though. Okay, okay. So is this... This is a lightning round, right? Yeah, I guess we can call it that. Is that like a... Is that, like a, is that trademarked or anything? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, no, good. I, I think it was... It's this from... The thunder se- round. It's from several uh, game shows, you perfect, know. Perfect, perfect. Okay. All right. Ross, do you want to start this time or... Uh, yeah, I'll go for it. Okay. Right. Coffee or tea? Tea. Meat or veggies? Meat. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. Summer or winter? Summer. Yoga or yogurt? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Virginia or Tennessee? That's mean, eh? Abstain. <laughs> well, well, okay. We, I have to explain this one. So I was born in Virginia, so it's my home place. But Tennessee is my second home. So Tennessee. And that's why Rich... Uh, Rich... Wrong person. I called you the wrong person. <laughs> Ross. And that is why Ross picked that one. Elvis or Johnny Cash? Oh, Elvis. Indie or major? Indie. Spotify or Pandora? <laughs> As a publisher, neither one. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had to do some Facebook stalking for this one. Okay. Uh, Mad Men or Entourage? Entourage. Mac or PC? Mac. The Voice or American Idol or neither? <laughs> I think he's trying to encourage your answer. <laughs> I think he is too. Neither. Nice. Batman or Spider-Man? Batman. We've got Battle of the Michaels. We've got Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton. <laughs> 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 
Is that a real question? That's completely okay. real. Okay, yes. uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> but with all due respect to Michael Bolton. Paragraph. Paragraph. He's a great songwriter. Yeah. Ross is buddies with him. On I'm not buddies. We tweeted twice, and Marcy wants to bring this up every single time. He's just like that. <laughs> They're just like that. They're buds. We're going to be. He's raised by Michael Bolton. No, sorry. Raised <laughs> with Michael Bolton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twerk or work? Twerk. Yeah, someone finally said that. <laughs> Ricky Gervais or Ricky Martin? Uh, uh, Ricky Martin. Whale or kale? Kale. Yeah, he knows what's up. Bette Midler or the Riddler? <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic. The Riddler. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And finally, the meanest question you'll ever be asked for the next, at least for the next 24 hours. Okay. <clears throat> Ross or Marcio? Keeping in mind, mm-hmm. I'm also an artist. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to happen down the road? Ross, mm-hmm. however, I mean, sure, he makes websites and stuff, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I'm by no means trying to persuade your answer. You couldn't would be you re- any more subtle, Marcio. You're, would you, you repeat know. the question, please? Ross or Marcio? I'm sorry, it's breaking up. I can't hear the question. <laughs> Avoidance tactics, I like it. Marcio or Marcio, I love it. He already answered. We're all good. <laughs> but uh, when we're talking about the voice or American Idol uh, in, uh, in, your, in the questions here, and you answered neither. What's your opinion on that? Aren't you well, like that? I was really being kind of funny about it, and here's what I mean. To me, they're two completely different things. American Idol really is about the contestants, but the voice, I'm afraid, really is about the judges. The judges are the ones who win on that show. I'm not sure that there's been anyone from the voice who's really transcended to the next level yet mm-hmm. and maybe won't. But boy, the judges sure have reaped a lot of benefits from that show. Well, what do you, what's your overall opinion on shows like that? Because American Idol's gone now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's last season, thankfully. You, you know. It is what it is. Yeah. It's to me, it's entertainment. Yeah. I don't, and I don't put any more value into that than I would do to Wheel of Fortune, I agree, or Jeopardy, or any of that. It's entertainment. Now, that being said, the way that the people in the industry view it are cert- is certainly different than the, the general public. And obviously, the general public loves both shows, or or certainly did during the arc of their uh, their run. So. It makes me scared a little bit, though. I mean, when I when I first started writing music, we were like about 12, 13, I was listening to Nirvana, Green Day, Smash mm-hmm. Pumpkins, bands like that. And I thought, okay, well, if I want to do what they got to do, I've got to learn to write great songs. That's it. And I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. That's all I thought about when I was older. Get in a band, start touring. That's what I... That's what I that was just obvious. Mm-hmm. But now I find that if you're that age and you're and you and you want to make music, I feel like you just watch TV and think, "Oh, I just got to go on one of these shows." No, you're right, and and I think that's just part of the difficulty that we face as an industry. It's the same mm-hmm. thing as we're as we're transitioning from you know vinyl to tape to CDs to downloads to streaming, and now then whatever's after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to adapt to what's going on. Now that being said. I, to your point, I do believe that the things that will last are the memorable songs and the memorable songwriters. The rest of this stuff will just go away after a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And, but it's up to us as the industry to keep the focus on 
things that are meaningful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, what, can, I say, can I possibly say anything more fabulous? I mean, I'm just asking. <laughs> Truthfully, it's all terrible. We're just kind of being like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what are you listening to lately, man? What sort of music recommendations do you have? You know what? I listen to uh, a lot of current hit radio just to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like it. I do. I really like Jason Derulo's latest song, Want to Want Me, uh, mainly just because of the groove of it. Um, who else are we listening to today on the car? Um, My daughter's here, so she's <laughs> helping me out a little bit. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> we listen to a lot of stuff on, uh, like on SiriusXM on Alt Nation. Oh, love that. So uh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I listen to a lot of Alt Nation, yeah. I love uh, Imagine Dragons, mm-hmm. uh, Alt J, and we were discussing that on the way in too. That Alt J, you know, they came out with their initial. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, um, with Alt J, their first single was really, really poppy, and then suddenly they've become this meaty, beady, big and bouncy kind of band, which is very cool. The other thing that we were discussing today is is Mumford and Sons. What a change! you know, from one album to the next, but it's still, it's extremely relevant and it's, you know, it seems to be working. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? I don't know. You know what? I love, <laughs> I love whatever I'm listening to at that particular moment. I mean, th- there's, I, I typically can find something good about everything. I mean, I love listening to like, 70s and 80s rock and roll because it takes me back and that's of course and, and one of the things about music that i really love and this is philosophical again but aren't we fortunate to be in a medium where the things that we either create or promote can potentially have profound effects on people's lives mm-hmm. and will create a memory for them that that lasts for a lifetime that's astounding to me absolutely yeah. it's just it's it's so great i mean i have songs that that i will hear from you know, from the 70s that take me back immediately to that time. And everything about it, I can remember the smells, the, the, the feeling, the, you know, just everything. Yeah, my wife actually, she just took me to, to see Dashboard Confessional last week. And I mean, I've been listening to his music for half of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when a certain song came on called Hands Down that, you know, it just took me right back. Like, I, tears in my eyes, it just took me back and, you know, made me just feel the yeah. same feeling and that is actually i think what can keep uh keep people going not like the artists is what i'm saying yeah. like, keep you going this is what you're doing and also the well, people like well the music you know I, I agree and music does have value and we need to all remember that but yes. the thing of it is you know going back to the voice american idol model you know, some of those songs will last because they were written by really great songwriters, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. So Awesome. Well, where can people find you online, Chris? Um, I have my own website. It's chriskeaton.com. Perfect. That's easy. Um, thank you. Um, I also, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, and you can find the Twitter and Facebook links from my website. Um, I also have some artists who I'm working with, Katie Bernard. It's katiebernard.com, johnnyorband.com. And um, just, you know, please check those things out as well. But but please come by the website. I do a weekly newsletter that I'd love for everybody to sign up to. Oh, cool. Uh, It just sort of gives, 
my viewpoint on uh, the Nashville scene, but also just the music business in general. And I have a really good time with it. And I, I hope it brings value to people. Well, I will be signing up to that. I don't know if you're signing up to it yet, Russ, but I will be. Um, I'm not, but I'm planning to do it straight after this. Perfect, because if you don't, I'll sign you up. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Against your will. And to uh, anyone listening and watching this right now, if you want to know what I've been up to, go to my website, marcionovelli.com, and uh, that's where you can listen to my music and see what I've been up to. Like I already said, redundancy. <laughs> and if you want to find out what I'm working on, uh, you can visit my site at electrickiwi.co.uk. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks so much, man. This has been such a pleasure having you on. Oh, guys, listen, I can't tell you how much I appreciated the opportunity to be on. And uh, it was a blast. Thank you. And um, 20 questions. Glad I made it through that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning thunder round. <laughs> you yes. survived, even if you did manage to avoid uh, one particular question, which I we will fun. probably come back to at some point in the near okay. future. We'll have you on again, and we, you will have to answer the question. <laughs> okay, but to me, again, it's like apples and oranges. I mean, you both have such wonderful you know, attributes. I can't choose between the two of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I pick oranges. <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode of bridge the atlantic if you like what you heard please subscribe and leave a rating and review on itunes you can also find us on youtube facebook twitter and instagram so connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show thanks for being awesome and we'll see you next week hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince i'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing i love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.